What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you broadcasting live from Shelter in Place, my home office in Portland. And Congressman Mark Pocan is with us for the hour, taking your calls. If you're new to the program, Congressman Pocan is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, the Big Cheese Progressive in Washington, D.C., also represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin. Pocan.house.gov, P-O-C-A-N.house.gov is his website. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan. And Congressman Pocan, you had Donald Trump in your neck of the woods. How did that go? He didn't bring multiple cans of kerosene. He just did what he's now got as a national campaign theme, which is law and order. You know, he came to Kenosha where uh, African-American man was shot seven times in the back, short range in front of his children, where white vigilantes and militia were allowed to walk down the roads with guns and kill two protesters. And he came to thank law enforcement rather than realizing that we have a serious policing problem in this country, including in my hometown of Kenosha that I went to yesterday and uh, saw the damage firsthand. So, you know, the president didn't do anything for the people of Kenosha. He didn't bring any resources. He just came, did a photo op, probably going to be a future commercial, part of his law and order message. But fortunately, Joe Biden came to Kenosha where what they need is a message of unity and reconciliation. And I think that's what he came to do. But, you know, Donald Trump continues to not condemn the vigilantes, the militia, the people that came in from outside of Kenosha. The majority of people arrested were not from Kenosha through all of this. And Donald Trump seems to egg those people on. So it was, I guess, kind of sad to see what happened in my hometown. Yeah. I'm wondering, while Joyce is setting up phone calls here for you, what what is at the top of your list? What's on your mind? I didn't get a chance to ask you that. Typically, we start with that. And well, let's just start there. What do you see as the important stuff that's going on right now? Sure. So, I mean, clearly what happened you know, this week in Wisconsin is very much on top of mind because it's last week and then this week continued in Wisconsin and it's, it's having a big impact. But also, you know, the House Democrats around the country are doing events. I had a press conference this morning where we try to talk about we're about to reopen schools, depending on the local community, maybe virtual, maybe in person, it may be a mix. But no matter if it's virtual or in person, there's additional resources need to do this safely. 
for the students, for the educators, and other staff, for the families of the students. And because the House Democrats did the HEROES Act back in May and the Republicans and the president have yet to do anything else, we are afraid that schools may not be able to reopen as safely as they should. And that's why we need to get the Senate and the president back to the negotiating table and get a COVID package done that provides, we think, about $300 billion for schools to be able to reopen safely. Well, let's hope that it can work out. Let's pick up some phone calls here. Jim in Long Beach, California, listening to KPFK. Uh, You're on the air with Congressman Pokin. Yeah, hi. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Congressman. Uh, I'm still saying the issue of issues is getting the votes counted and voter education on making sure that they vote correctly so that we don't have a lot of um, controversy, which uh, we should expect. Let's not have unintended consequences or unforeseen consequences. Wondering, does the DNC have a really effective plan for protecting it, the vote? Yeah, Jim, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, the Biden campaign has got to get Joe Biden and Kamala Harris around the country and and Jill Biden, and they're going to be doing that. But what I think the parties like in Wisconsin are doing is making sure that we're getting people to request absentee ballots to fill those out, to get them either sent in or actually dropped off if we're afraid because of the chaos that the president's created around the Postal Service. But that is the I guess I want to say maybe not singular, but the primary focus that's going on by at least like the party in Wisconsin. And I've seen that across the country. So absolutely. we understand, I mean, Donald Trump, you know, the whole postal fight in many ways was about the chaos he was trying to create to make it so that people wouldn't know if their ballot would be counted. We're very aware of that. There's a lot of different organizations working on that. And I do feel that that is the primary focus we should be focused on. And you're dead right. Hawkfish is a uh, data firm that Michael Bloomberg funded, and they issued a report. This is Josh Mendelson, their head, their CEO or whatever his title is. He said, we believe that on election night, we're going to see Donald Trump in a stronger position than reality actually is. He said only 20 percent of Trump's supporters plan to vote by mail, whereas half of Biden's do. This is based on a nationwide poll of 17,000 voters. And they said that the projection that Trump could hold a lead as high as 408 to 130 electoral votes if only 15 percent of mail-in ballots are counted on November 3rd. But over the next four days, as 75 percent of the mail-in ballots are tallied, that would flip to Biden 334 to Trump 204. This is going to be a big deal if the media doesn't keep telling everybody all the votes have not been counted and won't be for several days, isn't it? I mean, doesn't this have the potential to be insanely problematic? Yes, and there's a few more layers, Tom, too. Like Wisconsin, we actually count our absentee ballots throughout the day, and generally those will be counted, and you'll have those results in Wisconsin. But you don't necessarily have that in New York and California. But we also know those states are going to go Democratic anyway. So I think there's a few more layers. The the swing states, though, that don't count as efficiently as Wisconsin will are the ones that we really got to watch. And that's where the concern is. So, you know, we are hoping that they'll figure out ways. I saw some states are talking about counting ballots prior to Election Day to help speed that process up. But that is going to be the trick. I've always 
been a little bit perplexed why California can take a week or two to count the ballots after because they have to be postmarked by Election Day. In New York, we saw what just happened on the congressional ballots. You know, they need to make sure they've got the people to be able to count those ballots quicker because you're right. Otherwise, I think what we're afraid of is Donald Trump claims victory, knowing he's full of manure, knowing that votes aren't counted, and then later tries to claim that there's something falsified. So, But at least in Wisconsin, we're going to be on top of that. That's great. Joe in Burbank, California, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Congressman, my question is, what are we as progressives going to do? What is the plan to get more progressive policies into our platform? It feels like we're sort of getting pushed back by the corporate interest in our party. Got it. Yeah, Joe, I mean, this is my opinion, but I don't know many politicians who say I took a stance because of the Democratic Party platform, right? And the Republicans didn't even bother with a platform this time, so they stand for nothing but Donald Trump. But when I looked at the Democratic Party platform, short of some things I'd certainly like to see, like Medicare for All and some other issues, there's a lot of strong language in there. And there also was a unity commission that Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders did, where they put together some really strong policy proposal ideas, and Joe Biden has agreed to. So we've got that. I think the real issue that I'm most concerned about, Joe, and I think you would be too, is we want to make sure that when Joe Biden is elected and we have a Senate and a House, that we have a strategy to actually get that policy to get votes and be enacted. And I think some of that is going to take some real grassroots organizing. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Back with more ear calls for Congressman Mark Pocan in just a moment. Hey, we have a new video up over at TomHartman.com. It's astonishing. Just think about this. This year alone, with this one source of revenue, according to Senator Bernie Sanders, quote, this year alone we could fund tuition-free college for all, eliminate child hunger, ensure clean drinking water for every American household, build half a million affordable housing units, provide face masks for everybody, produce the protective gear and medical supplies our health workers need for the pandemic, and fully fund the U.S. Post Office. Now, what is this magical thing that we could do that would produce enough money to do all these things? Fund the Internal Revenue Service. Republicans have cut its funding so badly since 2010 that fully a third of their enforcement is no longer happening. And tax cheats have walked off. They're basically refusing to pay over $260 billion in taxes this year. You can hear the whole thing over at TomHartman.com. Omar in Herndon, Virginia. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Tom, thank you so much for the platform. Mr. Pocan from the fine, great state of Wisconsin. Thank you for making yourself available. I haven't made a slogan for the Progressive Caucus. Trump has Make America Great. The Progressive Caucus slogan should be progressive and proud. And when people ask you what does that mean, that means we are unapologetically pro-progressive agenda. That's it. So progressive and proud is our slogan. Repeat that. And uh, what I wanted to ask you, sir, is that, you know, I read an article that prior to the pandemic, almost 70 percent of all masks are coming from uh, China. Now it's down to like 30 percent. So it's very obvious that the pandemic is reversing globalization. What is Congress going to do to resurrect a home-based manufacturer, you know, to steer the wheels of the American economy, like Richard Wolf say, to create a home-based manufacturer? Thank you. Yeah. Omar, I mean, great point. And, you know, we still haven't turned it around making of drugs. I mean, most 
prescription drugs and generics are made overseas, and that has all sorts of uh, problems. So we have a lot more work to do. We may be having some more masks made here, but we're still having a problem getting gowns and everything else that isn't made here. Certainly have problem on prescription drugs and uh, a lot of other goods. So that is something that I'm hoping in the Biden administration we take on very early. The good news is I think members of Congress, including Republican members of Congress, are starting to see a part of that problem. The problem is as soon as one company or one trade association says it's going to affect their profits, the Republicans will go and decide that they're okay with things being produced overseas that we need to produce here. So we We just have to make sure as Democrats, especially if we have majorities along with Joe Biden, that we get something done that helps to incentivize jobs in America and not give all those tax breaks we give right now to companies that produce things overseas. Nick in Seattle, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Good morning, gentlemen. Glad to see that you're both doing the kindness that you're doing. My question is this. I've heard so much about the shooting in Kenosha, Congressman. Can you give me, either one of you actually, any details on the character of this individual who was shot as to, for instance, why the police were even called in? What's his history? I have heard nothing about this. And when I want to come to a conclusion, I want to have the facts. Got it. Yeah. So, Nick, I mean, the conclusion you need to come to is, is it appropriate? For someone who you've all seen the video, I hope you have, millions and millions and millions of people have, whether or not it was appropriate for a police officer to fire seven times close range into the back of someone who didn't pose an imminent threat, whose children were in the car, and the next day or the next day after that, when armed white vigilantes and militia are going down the road with long guns, they're given water by the police and allowed to pass. That's what you need to know, honestly, because the problem is this president, and I think Nick already knows this, but I'll go ahead and humor him with this. This president has egged on those vigilantes and militia, and by much of his close language uh, is encouraging it. And that's the real problem we have. Yeah, I don't care if this guy was Charlie Manson. That's not how police should behave. You don't shoot people in the back seven times exactly. when they don't represent a threat. I mean, it's just the bottom line. Hi, Tom Harbin here. My new book is out, The Hidden History of Monopolies, How Big Business Destroyed the American Dream. American monopolies dominate, control, and consume most of the energy of our entire economic system. They function the same as cancer does in a body. And like cancer, they weaken our systems while threatening to crash the entire body economic. American monopolies have also seized massive political power and use it to maintain their obscene profits and CEO salaries while crushing small competitors. In the foreword by Ralph Nader, he says, quote, This is the most important dynamic book on the cancers of monopoly by giant corporations written in our generation. End quote. It's the fourth in my Hidden History series, available where all fine books are sold. And don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. Democracy starts with you. Tag, you're it. Kathy in Indianapolis, Indiana, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hey, guys, thank you for fighting for us, by the way. But I go absolutely bonkers when the Republicans bring up Hunter Biden and the Democrats just don't know how to fight dirty and which is good. But why isn't the instant response? Okay, then let's talk about Jared and Ivanka. I don't understand that. Why don't 
he immediately respond with, okay, well, let's investigate Jared and Ivanka. And Ivanka's trying to trademark Jared's deal with the Saudis. I just don't understand why isn't that an immediate response. Yeah, Kathy, I hear you. Sometimes, though, you don't respond to every question because they want to distract you. Donald Trump, the reason he's talking about law and order, even though he's done nothing but create chaos and disorder from everything from COVID to 100,000 small businesses closing down because of the situation he's caused around COVID because of racial tensions, you know, he wants to make you talk about anything but COVID. And that's why they throw different, you know, pieces of spaghetti on the wall, hoping something will stick. And generally, it's best not to chase that because people really are focused on what's happening with the economy, with their families' health, with schools reopening, uh, all because of the president's disastrous response and continued failure at dealing with COVID. So I think we're best sticking to what people are really thinking about, not following every, you know, little shiny object they throw out there trying to distract us. And even like when he went to Kenosha, you know, that was the message we had. I was down there yesterday. And we said, you know, this is the problem is he keeps telling you, watch out for Joe Biden's America. Well, this is Donald Trump's America. This is Donald Trump's America with the racial tensions and the vigilantes and militia that are egged on by the president. That is what people have to remember. And as long as we stick to those points, I think we're much stronger. What people really care about and are thinking about and let them throw the distractions. We don't have to take that bait. Nick in Troy, Michigan, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi. Uh, yeah, my question is uh, related to quarantine protocol. We, you know, have seen in state houses and on Capitol Hill across this country, politicians who have refused to follow the very protocols that they have put out as far as quarantining. Last weekend, we saw uh, Speaker Pelosi visit a shuttered salon, not wearing a mask. Seen this from both Democrats and Republicans. My question is, what are we going to do to hold these politicians accountable and hold them to the same standard that they are asking us as citizens to be held to? It's amazing yeah, the, the number of uh, GOP sure. paid callers I'm getting these days. It's been like yeah, four or five say, a day. Yeah, we don't have a quarantine in place. So, you know, I, I know Nick yeah. is trying to say something. And often when we right. do a press conference, just so people can understand, when you see someone talking without a mask, we do it so people can understand us. But we often will go up to the mic, take off the mask, do that part of speaking on the floor or press conference, and you put the, the mask immediately back on, which is the protocol you're supposed to. There is no quarantine, although some Republican politicians who haven't worn masks have gotten COVID and have been really silly and not followed. Then they should have protocols. They test positive. But Nancy Pelosi didn't test positive. She doesn't go around not wearing a mask. So Nick is one of your callers that you were warning me about last week. <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually, she apparently was in this shop without a mask and Trump is tweeting about it. So, you know, it's all over Fox News right now. Well, it's all over all, all over the place. But anyway, and whenever we can have meetings, she, you know, make sure that she's wearing it until you're at a point where you're either, you know, especially social distance or she's speaking on the floor. But I've, I've watched her in action and how she operates on the floor. And because that was probably something in that store they were doing for camera purposes, the mask came down. But again, if that's where they're at, we're winning, right? If that's the best argument they have versus the 180,000 people died because of failed COVID policies, Tom, we're going to be winning. Yeah. Kimon in Dayton, Ohio, we have just a minute to the break. Kimon, got a quick one? 
Yes. I'd like to know what the DNC is doing to assist the Senate races in Kentucky and South Carolina. It appears that those two races should be easy to win. Yeah, I mean, trust me, they're working hard. They're raising money. They're doing a lot. I can't speak again. I think people sometimes say the wrong thing. DNC is a Democratic National Committee. I'm more worried about whatever the Democratic Senate campaign committee is doing or the actual campaigns on the ground. But I see both very active and raising a lot of money, doing a lot of field work. So you're right. We're not just letting Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, giving them a pass. This is an aggressive campaign to beat both of them, and they both should be beat. They haven't done anything this session. Every bill we've passed out of the House, they've sat on when it's gone to the Senate. So the caller's correct. Yeah. Do you think that there's an actual chance that McConnell and Graham could lose? Yeah, I think if Donald Trump continues to beat Donald Trump, um, as he will so far the last three and a half years has proved it, there's definite possibility they will not stand up to him. So a lot is to me on how Donald Trump acts and behaves. Yeah, remarkable times we live in. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity. And what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance, so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. On the line, Eddie in Agra, Kansas. You are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Congressman, why can't we put our people back to work? You know, we're really needing another stimulus, but instead of just giving a welfare check, why can't we rebuild our roads and, and build uh, even some more roads? But a lot of our roads are in, in desperate repair. And so instead of having Trump and everybody saying a handout, why can't we give us uh, people jobs uh, rebuilding our roads and things that need to be rebuilt? Yeah, Eddie, the House did just that. We passed a big infrastructure bill that invested in roads and bridges, rebuilding schools, broadband to rural areas and in urban areas, water delivery systems, energy grids, and Republicans, again, didn't take up the legislation. So you're completely right. And I predict that in a Biden administration in the first, I think, six months, there will be a major infrastructure bill that passes through Congress, especially if we have the House and Senate, because that is one way as we're getting out of all of this with COVID, that we can get people back to work and we seriously need to rebuild our infrastructure. So, Eddie, uh, we tried. Uh, Republicans didn't go there, but you're absolutely right. That's what we need to do. Al in Los Angeles, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, I wanted to ask about the status of the stimulus checks. Yeah, there's not another check approved because nothing has been approved in COVID. So other than that first check, if you didn't get that, you should reach out to your member of Congress or the Senate to find out why, unless you didn't qualify, of course, because some people are going to wind up getting it on their taxes if there were some issues. But any additional check would have to come out of a COVID package. And again, the Republicans, because they haven't moved and they've gone home, there's nothing pending to provide any stimulus. You guys passed an extension of $600 a week all the way through the end of the year into January with the HEROES Act back two months ago. Did you not? Back in May, longer than two months ago. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we had some uh, other stimulus support like Al was talking about plus local state funding, plus funding for more testing, plus more protections for frontline workers, more help for small businesses, and all the stuff that you would have thought would have been a no-brainer. But unfortunately, folks with maybe smaller brains aren't really acting on those things, and that's been the problem. So people are feeling some pain right now, and it's unnecessary because we as a government should be able to do that. The Republicans just haven't passed anything in the Senate, and uh, the president's not coming back to the table to negotiate. Amazing. Amir in Los Angeles, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yeah, good morning, guys. Good morning, Mark and Tom. Thanks for everything that you guys do. Mark, why did you guys kind of like put a name on Trump, like the same way that he does with a sleepy Joe? Because that resonates with the people big time. I mean, it would help to just like 
kind of shows his ignorance and, and you know what I'm trying to say? I do, Amir, although I may somewhat disagree with you in that I don't think Sleepy Joe is actually resonating because no one thinks he's sleepy. And he's, you know, when you see him give a speech like he did Monday about what happened in Kenosha and, and you know, our racial tensions across the country, that was really powerful. And, you know, Donald Trump just acts like a fourth grader. You know, there's, there's the old saying that if you get in the mud with a pig that you're going to lose because the pig actually enjoys rolling around in the mud. I'm not saying the president's a pig, but I'm using the comparison that he enjoys getting into fourth grade insult back and forth. And I don't really think they're having an effect right now. People are most afraid that their family's going to get sick and someone might die or that they don't have a job because of COVID or their small businesses hurt because of COVID. And it all goes back to the president not responding properly. Instead, he's trying to create chaos and disarray so you don't remember what he's doing to you. And, you know, I think we win on that message if we don't let him distract us with nicknames or shiny objects and instead focus on what real people talk about and think about every day. That's why we're doing well right now in the polling. And I think that's why we'll win in November. Eric in Erie, Pennsylvania, you're on the Earth Congressman Pocan. Representative Pocan, I have a question for you, and uh, I'm wondering if I'm an extremist. I have increasingly, over my adult years, I'm going to be 50 in about a month, concerns over the growing sectarian religious demagoguery that comes into our public spaces and our public offices. And for me, an ideal American world would be one where religious behavior is, in the eyes of the law, treated just like sexual behavior. It's a thing we all do, but we don't have to see each other doing it. You can go to your places of worship and do it there and in your home and parochial schools, but the increased violence and a lot of the really vitriolic kind of polarization The tip of that spear seems to almost always be moral judgment that is couched in somebody's sectarian religion. Is it time to prohibit the use of religious demagoguery in total in our legislatures, our courts, and in all public spaces? Well, Eric, I hear what you're saying, and I think I would say it's slightly different, only slightly different, though, is that clearly this is a nation founded on a separation between religion and state. And if we actually listen to our founders, as we often try to, then we would not have religion having a say in the public laws that happen. You're right that all too often people try to wear it on their sleeve and they use it for emotional reasons and political reasons. But, you know, look at Donald Trump. I mean, from two Corinthians to clearing out the protesters, uh, peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square so he could hold the Bible awkwardly in front of a photo op in front of a church. He's a charlatan, and people know that. And while certainly many people do use their version of religion to define things, and I think, again, if we kept that out of the public discourse, that would be the best. But when Donald Trump does it, some people are falling for it, but a whole lot of others aren't. In fact, I know some people that are very religious that I've talked to that are close to my family who were really turned off when he did that in Lafayette Square. So you are completely right. We should have a nation that separates religion, state and religion, as much as possible. Let me take that back. Not as much as possible. That's what we are founded on. We should be doing that. But at the same time, some of those people that abuse it, like Donald Trump, aren't getting away with it. Peter in Chicago, you're on the air with Congressman Pokian. Good afternoon, gentlemen, congressmen. In regards to Kenosha and Trump going up there, 
I can see why the mayor and the governor didn't want him to go, because I'm sure you followed it and you were seeing the long lines of Trump supporters up and down the roads greeting him as he came through. As far as the riots go, Democrats have been silent since George Floyd riots. Not one, especially Joe Biden, has come out, except for just the other day when Joe had to come out against it because the polls and Don Lemon were saying, oh, it's going against us now. There's another one of your callers, uh, Congressman. Yeah. Yeah, actually, he called last week. I remember Peter from Chicago. Oh, really? He did the same thing. Yeah, he did. Oh, I, I remember the name. Him. So, That's okay. Yeah. And here's what's interesting. Just for clarity, I was in Kenosha yesterday visiting my 91-year-old mom, and I did do a little event to talk about, you know, we did a little press conference about Donald Trump. And there were as many supporters as detractors, and there weren't many of either, honestly. You know, people in Kenosha are really concerned about what's happened. They don't care so much about the politics, uh, one party or the other. They just want to know that their community is going to be safe, whether it be in how policing happens or in how any violence occurs. And that's why I think Joe Biden, he's doing everything that a president should have done. But Donald Trump, because he's never been up to the job and he's still not up to the job, didn't do. So, yeah, Peter is one of your callers like that, Tom. But at least it gave me a chance to talk about the truth of what's happening. I was actually there. And whatever right wing talking point he gave, again, either he knows it's a lie or he's just a really, really gullible, somewhat ignorant person. Or he made 50 bucks for getting through to a national program. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do <laughs> yeah, I think he falls in the gullible and ignorant category, quite honestly. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty straightforward stuff. It's the Tom Harbin program. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour. Daily rants and weekly op-eds at HartmanReport.com. It's free at HartmanReport.com. Deborah in Victorville, California. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hello, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. Congressman Polkan, I want to know, hopefully Wisconsin will be successful in extraditing Kyle Rittenhouse, but also what about charging his mother for allegedly driving him from Illinois and giving him the weapon that he used to kill the two protesters? I have family in Kenosha, so I, that's why I'm concerned. And, yeah, and let me Deborah, add to that, I, Congressman, I'm, yeah. if I may. I thought driving across state lines to commit a crime was a federal crime. I know about the Mann Act and, and, and that back when J. Edgar Hoover was running the FBI, most of what they did was car theft because, you know, that was easy to solve and help their crime statistics. But it involved having to cross state lines. Why is the Justice Department not looking into this? I mean, the Justice Department's not going to look into anything. It's going to make Donald Trump look bad. And I think whether it be our attorney general or the local law enforcement in Kenosha, they're going to have to make any charging decisions. So I really can't speak specifically to that, Deborah. What I can say, though, uh, is, you know, what I think where Donald Trump is failing on his law and order message is one. I mean, people realize that he just thrives off of chaos and disorder. And that's what he's trying to create when he goes around and does this, whether it be Kenosha or Portland or Minneapolis. But most people, again, people who just don't live and breathe politics or just concerned for their family, are equally concerned about 
17-year-old kids walking down the street with long rifles deciding their law enforcement. And the fact that Donald Trump eggs them on and encourages them, I think is far more troubling from what we're hearing from that suburban voter that Donald Trump is trying to get back again. So I don't think he's winning on this message because ultimately people don't believe in vigilantes and militias and in their self governing style of law enforcement. And I think it's going to seriously backfire. Wes, Chattanooga, Tennessee, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Congressman, my main issue now right now is about the census. Donald Trump has went through two census people, and I don't know what's going on with the census, but they're doing everything in their power to uh, delay divert whatever the full true count they've got census workers that are not working and meetings that are supposed to be held that are not held no one seems to want to be taking interest in the census so i listen to your answer thank you sir Yeah, Wes, well, fortunately, there are a lot of folks, especially the committees of jurisdiction, are looking at this. The problem is Donald Trump ended the people going out trying to do the work of the census early. You know, my guess is that if Joe Biden's elected, we're going to probably have to revisit a little bit of census because this is a truly hard time to get those counts under COVID. And if you have a president, you know, taking people off the streets that are supposed to help finish that census, we're going to have to do it somehow. So there are people in committees working on this, uh, rest assured, Wes. Don't personally worry about it, other than plenty of people are very aware of what's going on and Donald Trump is doing to it. And we are looking at strategies to make sure we have a good and accurate census. Brian in Fort Collins, Colorado, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Congressman Pocan, what I'm concerned about is the powers of Congress. We see the executive branch consistently ignoring subpoenas. And Mm -hmm. Jackie Spear was talking about that in Article 1, there is an inherent contempt power. That's what I see is that Congress is constantly being stymied by the fact that it doesn't have any meaningful way to enforce subpoenas. Is there some inherent power, the ability to actually arrest people that ignore congressional subpoenas? Part of the problem is we haven't had a president ever do what Donald Trump has done. And the other part of the problem is once you get to the legal side of it, it can take a long time. But unfortunately, Donald Trump has taught us, Congress, that we're going to need to do something so that any future president that might be acting like a demagogue or a despot like Donald Trump so often has by ignoring subpoenas, that we're going to need some stronger uh, leverage and tools to make sure that we can have those things enforced. So we may have learned a lesson through this person, but the problem is it takes a lot longer to get resolution under current law. And that's something we're going to have to visit. Carol in Madison, Wisconsin, you're on the air with Congressman Pocamp. Is this not the time and the moment for both Vice President Kamala Harris as well as Joe Biden to begin to highlight the crime statistics under the eight years he served with President Obama? Is this not the time and the moment to bring in all of those statistics and data to support the fact that, you know, life was better, law and order were better. That's my quick question for you at the moment. 
Yeah, Carol, you're exactly right, but I would just take it a 30,000 foot, a little even higher level. I think the whole Republican convention was saying, watch out for Joe Biden's America, and they're showing all the gloom and doom. The reality is all that's happening under Donald Trump's America. And I remember Joe Biden's America and Barack Obama's America, where eight years those things didn't happen. So I think you're right. Making sure that people understand all of this is happening, the COVID, the small business closings, the racial tension under Donald Trump. And you can't blame Joe Biden for that. But those times were good times. And we should be talking about that and really emphasize that this is Donald Trump's, again, failure to lead. And that since we've seen no growth and the whole time he's been president, we shouldn't be expecting it. So a uh, great point. Congressman, in our last 15 seconds or so, what should we be looking for in the following week? Well, you know, we're starting to be back uh, in session after Labor Day, so be following Congress, be active in getting people to vote early. It's really important we all convince our friends and family members to do that. And last thing I just want to say, Tom, one of your listeners tagged both of us with information about every state when they do early vote counting. And uh, you might want to take a look at that. And I want to thank your listeners for, as always, providing information to us. Great. Is that over on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter. And they tagged both of us. Great. Okay, I'll check it out. Congressman Pocan, thanks again for dropping by. It's great having you here every week. Thank you. Absolutely, Tom. Of course. Thank you. Mark in Encinitas, California. Hey, Mark, what's up? Yeah, Tom, I read a pretty disturbing article this morning in the New York Times titled, This is Democrats' Doomsday Scenario for Election Night, Trip Gabriel. The part that I'm really concerned about is Further down in the article, it says, as of now, mail-in votes from large Democratic cities like Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Detroit are not reported until after in-person votes, sometimes days later. The concern here is... This was the scenario that I raised with Congressman Pocan in the first hour of the program, Mark. I said, you know, what do we do if they count the in-person votes first? And you can bet in states where you've got a Republican secretary of state, that's probably what's going to happen. And post those results, and it looks like Donald Trump is ahead and Trump declares victory. And then as the mail-in votes come in, 20% of Trump voters are voting by mail, 50% of Biden voters are voting by mail. As the mail-in votes come in, it becomes obvious that Biden won the election, but Trump and his message and Fox News right-wing hate radio message is gonna be, oh my God, look at this, they're trying to steal the election right in front of us. And I fully expect that to happen, Mark. And the, the solution is things like that article. It's educating the American public that we are not going to know on the night of November 3rd who won the election like we have historically. We're just not going to know. Probably not going to know in, with a high level of certainty until at least the 5th, the 6th, or the 7th of November. And the media needs to begin preparing people for that. We all need to be talking about that and pointing it out and, and making it you know, just very, very clear that this is what's happening. Terry in Ventura, California. Hey, Terry, what's up? What will be the political landscape after hopefully we have a Biden victory? I'm very impressed by the fact that the like of the Lincoln Republicans, they are just not attacking Trump. But some of their latest attacks are on all of the uh, Trump sycophants in the Republican Party. They had a frontal attack on uh, Mitch McConnell. Okay, my question, what will happen in the future of a potential the same Republicans, as few as they are, protecting us from the attack that will certainly happen to a progressive agenda. 
a progressive agenda when Fox News and dark money attacks it. Remember, Obama only had a really progressive coalition for a half a year and dark money attacked it. And it was 74 days. seven years. What I'm suggesting, Tom, is a coalition of people like Bloomberg. I would like to see Bloomberg, the chief of staff, in order to maintain some kind of working relationship with the same Republicans, because I predict Tom Cotton is going to be the major force of a post-Trump Republican Party. And how can we have a progressive agenda but yet use the Republicans to uh, protect a progressive agenda from the frontal attack will certainly have dark money. We can't, Terry. The Lincoln Republicans are still Republicans. They still believe the corporation should run the show. They still believe the billionaire should run the show. Where they got spooked was they saw naked, raw fascism coming out of Donald Trump and coming out of the people who are enabling him, which is why they're going after Susan Collins and Mitch McConnell and I don't know who else you know they've gone after. But I guarantee you, that considerable talent and firepower that they are bringing against Donald Trump right now will be brought against Democrats next year if Democrats try to propose anything like a Green New Deal or Medicare for All or any of the other things that the Republicans who make up the Lincoln Republicans think is socialism. This is not a good thing, Terry. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. I mean, I get the old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and for the moment, the Lincoln Republicans are my friend, but I'm operating under no illusions that they're going to be our friends after the first of the year. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. 
Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Jessica in Seattle. Hey, Jessica, what's up? I had an idea. I feel like right now the Republicans, the main thing Trump has going for him is the law and order thing. And I think that the Democrats, that this is a gift and that they should fully embrace this and say, yes, law and order, starting at the top. If we followed law and order and the Constitution, we wouldn't have people in the streets demonstrating. This is a tough one, Jessica, because if the Democrats say, yes, our cities are burning, and by the way, you're the president, isn't this your responsibility? Then, number one, they've said our cities are burning, and our cities are not burning. This isn't like 1960s and 70s where like 14 square blocks of Detroit, where I lived when I was a year old, literally burned to the ground. I mean, you know, you've got some storefronts that have been torched and, you know, some relatively minor acts of vandalism. But America is not on fire. And certain types of crime are up. Violent crime is up. I think that's because people are just in this insane pressure cooker. But other kinds of crime are dramatically down. You know, burglaries are down, things like that. So the minute that Democrats say, yes, things are terrible, but it's your fault, Donald, they bought into the things are terrible meme, which is a lie. So they've strengthened the Republicans' position because then the Republican rebuttal to that is, well, so you're acknowledging that the cities are on fire, huh? And it just happens to be cities where Democrats are the mayors and mostly in states where you've got Democratic governors. And they won't even, although the Republicans won't even say the word Democratic, because, you know, they're, they're still, you know, living out the old shtick of never, uh, you know, never say uh, Democratic, always say Democrat with an emphasis on the rat. And, and so it's a very, very tricky thing, Jessica. It's a very dangerous, you know, it's like picking up a hand grenade. I, I don't have an easy answer for them other than to point out that Donald Trump I would I would try to even deflect it and say, move the conversation entirely away from whether the cities are on fire or whether black people are behaving badly, which is the subtext of pretty much everything Trump says. And of course, those two guys, that couple from Missouri with the guns and all this kind of stuff and refocus it instead on how Donald Trump is inciting Nazis. I would start using the word Nazis constantly. I would be describing these various groups that are very fond of their own names, you know, the Three Percenters and the Proud Boys, the Patriot Pro I would simply describe them as Nazis because many of them are. Many of them wear swastikas. They carry the Nazi flag. They're proud of that. Let's start calling them Nazis and let's point it. And, and it's, hey, it's Nazis who are killing people, not just the majority. All of the political violence that has involved death in the United States 
in the last 10 years has been committed by Nazis. It's been committed by these, by these hardcore right-wingers. They're the ones who are showing up with the guns. They're the ones who are promoting the violence. And they're the ones that Donald Trump is encouraging. And that's, that would be the jujitsu that I would do, as it were, you know, in, in the media. But it's a real tough one. Jessica, thank you for the call. Thought-provoking topic. And I don't know, maybe one of you has a better way to respond to this than what I'm laying out here. I can't think of one. I, you know, it seems like that's the best way to do it from my point of view. Alexander in Playa del Rey. Hey, Alexander, what's up? Yes, I just wanted to get your opinion on this new movement. It's called the People's Party Convention. Have you heard of them? Yeah, somebody called earlier on this thing, and I have no use for this, frankly. This is, this is an attempt at a third-party thing, and I, all it will do is increase the probability of Donald Trump winning the White House. And I think it's a huge mistake, and frankly, I condemn it. Debbie in Sun City, Arizona. Hey, Debbie, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom, I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on Nancy Pelosi saying that she doesn't feel Joe Biden should debate Donald Trump? I understand where she's coming from. I mean, the fact of the matter is that Trump is, you know, he lies. He lies easily and constantly. And and it's a real question. You know, if you're going to debate somebody who is a liar, how do you do that? They say something that's completely untrue. You say, that's not true. They say, yes, it is. And there's no arbiter, right? And especially if it sounds true. I mean, you know, Trump's really the master of lies that are based on kernels of truth. Those are the, you know, the most effective lies are the ones where people know a little bit of it already to be true. And so they think the whole thing must be true. I would expect that from Trump. You know, I'm really torn on this one. Personally, if it was me running against Donald Trump, I would say I'm not going to debate this guy until he proves that he's a legitimate candidate, until he can go one week without telling a lie and he releases his tax returns. When he's done those two things, I'll debate him. That's what I would say. But, you know, it's up to Joe Biden. And I realize if he doesn't debate him, Trump will make the most of that. And that will probably hurt him more than help him. So it's one of those damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Tom in Durham, North Carolina. Hey, Tom, what's up? You were talking about the uh, counting of in-person versus mail-in ballots and the differential there. And how's the the media, especially the networks, going to handle election night coverage, the votes coming in? Are they going to pull their usual sort of sports night, you know, rush to judgment, trying to be the first one to call an election? Or are they going to actually be reasonable about saying, hey, there's only a tiny percent of the vote in and all these absentee or... Mail-in votes haven't been counted, and how's that going to play in with Trump's narrative of trying to claim victory if things go like we fear? We don't know. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows right now how this is going to be played out. Some of that is going to be played out in the boardrooms of some of these networks. But I would think, and again, this is just trying to be logical about this, which is not always, (laughs) you know, it's not always what gives you the correct answer. But I would think that by now the networks would have figured out that Donald Trump is not a fan of freedom of the press, that if Donald Trump is unleashed, you know, he's been impeached and he got past it. He's been charged with every kind of crime you can imagine. He's got past it. He succeeded in stopping Robert Mueller from investigating his links to Russia. He has succeeded in stopping the Intelligence Committee from investigating his links into Russia. There's literally never been a federal investigation. He blocked the FBI from looking into this. I mean, all the things that Donald Trump has gotten away with that are just breathtaking. You would think that the media would be concerned that in another term where he's no longer at all concerned about the rule of law and he still has Bill Barr to back him up, 
that some of these media organizations are going to start seeing their executives and their reporters going to prison or start seeing their access to the people diminished. And, you know, I would be very flipped out about that if I was a media executive. But to what extent that's going to influence their coverage, I don't know. But it's going to be real yeah, interesting to think- watch. Tom, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. I, uh, you know, we've got a slight delay here, and I, I moved on to the next caller, but you were still talking. My apologies. Christine in Ashland, Oregon. Hey, Christine, what's up? I was speaking with my stockbroker the other day, and he's a lovely gentleman, an intelligent, educated person has been a family friend for decades. And we talked about many things, and during our conversation, he started saying QAnon rhetoric about George Soros supplying bricks to demonstrators and all of that, and of course I don't believe any of that, but Nonetheless, he seems to think that Trump will win because of the Electoral College. And I've been really optimistic, cautiously optimistic about this vote coming up. But is there anything we can do about the Electoral College and how will that work? There's nothing that we can do about the Electoral College itself this time around, but it should be at the top of the agenda after the election if our democracy survives. If Donald Trump is reelected, our democracy won't survive and the Electoral College will become just another cog in the Donald Trump fascism machine. And I would be looking for a new stockbroker, Christine, if I were you. Thanks a lot for the call. Pat in Portland, listening on X-Ray FM. Hey, Pat, what's up? Uh, I live in Multnomah County. And I wanted to let you know that I contacted in Portland, Oregon, and I contacted my elections office and asked them if I could pick up my voters pamphlet and my ballot. And they said on September 21st, that's when we receive them. So you can pick them up the next day. And all you need to do is make sure that you fill out an absentee ballot form. We have them in the office, but they're also online. So if you fill it out, print it and bring it in, you won't have to wait, you know, that amount of time while you fill it out. And I asked her, Mm -hmm. I said, when can I return them? And she goes, you can return them any day you want. We're open between eight and five. I said, what happens to I return them? Where do they go? And she goes, they go into a box and that box goes into a locked room. And I said, well, when do they get counted? And she goes, they start getting counted three weeks before the election. And I said, if I don't pick them up, when do you mail them out? And she said, October 14th. And to me, that's too late. So I encourage you. I know another woman spoke. She said, you can pick up your ballots, too. And I said, how do I know? You know, can you get my ballot? How do you find my ballot? And she goes, we just check your signature on your absentee form with your signature that we have on file. And then we give you the ballot. Well, that's great. So I would just encourage you to encourage all your listeners to go pick up their ballots. You can return them the next day if you want. But they also get the ballot pamphlet voters pamphlet if you want to look at some more information on some of the, the questions and the other people that are running. But I think it's important if anybody can get there, you know, and I said to her, you sure? And she goes, don't worry, we're in Oregon. Our votes all get counted here. But I'm just saying maybe yeah. for other states, if they could ask to go pick them up and yeah. just go That's pick them up and turn them in the next day. So, you know, everybody's talking about this thing where it's not going to be counted, you know, four or five, six days later. But if everybody gets right. their votes in by September 22nd, 23rd, and they start yeah, counting them. Pat, i got to move along, but thank you for the call, and thanks for doing that homework. I really appreciate it, and for educating me as, a, as an Oregon resident. Thank you. Rudy in Chicago. Hey, Rudy, what's up? President Trump accused, and to me he accused Biden of being on drugs and to take a drug test. Now, mm-hmm. Biden, as far as I know, he's been quiet about it, but I would think that Biden should come back and say, well, I think you're cheating on your taxes and you're a criminal, so if you show your taxes, I'll take the drug test and just make it a yeah. challenge. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't give Trump anything, frankly, but I get what you're saying, Rudy. This is from the uh, Gateway Pundit today, which is one of the larger right-wing sites. Started out as sort of a political economic commentary site and has just turned into total Trump humpers. And here's what they wrote. The headline is, is Biden jacked up on amphetamines? They wrote, something's going on with Joe Biden. We can all see it. President Trump sees it too, which is why he's calling for drug tests before the 2020 presidential debate. One retired pharma professional said, quote, amphetamines and now substituted amphetamines were prescribed for those with dementia beginning in the 1950s because they produced enhanced cognition and improved cognitive performance, end quote. See, Trump knows all about this. I mean, you know, as we know from the people who worked on The Apprentice shows and, and were in his circle, he was doing cocaine and amphetamines back in the 80s and the 90s, and according to some, in the early 2000s, and may well still be doing it. It's been a while since I've heard him snorting. I'm wondering if his snorting crushed up Adderall is what gave him that series of mini strokes that got him to Walter Reed, because that's one of the more common side effects among older people when they abuse these really, really strong stimulants like cocaine and methamphetamine. So Trump is doing this, apparently, certainly has a history of doing it. And so, of course, he would accuse Joe Biden of doing it. But I, I just don't see it. <laughs> I just don't see it. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. And I wouldn't give Trump anything on this regard. Morris in Long Beach, California. Hey, Morris, what's on your mind today? Professor, I have a question for you. Let me know what you think. You know, we've got a lot of pieces of legislation that's been passed that's been sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. I think they tease him about having a graveyard someplace in Kentucky for all that legislation. I'm thinking that when the blue wave comes in and takes over, because that's exactly what's going to happen, wouldn't it be a good idea to just jump on those pieces of legislation that they've already got in front of them and just start passing that right there instead of, you know, waiting on some new ideas? I mean, they got a lot of pieces out there, a lot of good stuff. Bernie Sanders got stuff out there, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. How about just jumping on that first? The problem is that all of that legislation that's been passed in the last two years expires, if it hasn't been passed and signed by the president, it expires on January 3rd or 5th, whatever day Congress gets sworn in for the new term. So every congressional term is two years long, you know, basically every even year. And at the end of that term, whatever legislation didn't get made into law vanishes. So you have to start over again. But, you know, that said, starting over again probably won't be that difficult, Morris, because, you know, the legislation's already written. All they have to do is reintroduce it and call for a vote. Amen. Well, brother, you take care of yourself. I'll give it to you next week. Okay. Thanks a lot. Good to hear from you, Morris. Jeff in Portland. Hey, Jeff, what's up? Tom, despite all this voter suppression and election rigging that the GOP and Trump are trying to do that Greg and you just talked about, you know, I, be I believe Ed Markey's victory this week just gave the Biden campaign uh, blueprints to blow open the presidential race. And he can do that by unfurling the progressive sales, especially in regard to climate, that Biden can harness that youth vote, as Markey just so successfully did. And since younger voters are more likely to vote in person, getting out the youth vote should lessen the chance for a red mirage, which I think, Tom, might be even a bigger concern this year than red shift. Because, you know, in my opinion, with so many people voting by mail, I think that will help offset some of the major redshift we've seen in the past. Not to less, you know, people got to check their voting registration. But, you know, when you're getting your ballot in the mail, you know you're registered. And if you don't get it, mm -hmm. then you know you got to 
go and do something. So I think voting by mail, that's a major reason I think Trump doesn't want people to vote by mail. He wants people to show up. He has said it, Jeff. He has said it. He said if people vote by mail, there'll never be another Republican elected. I keep saying the only way these guys can win is by cheating. Jeff, well said. Thank you very much. Bob in Marcel's, Illinois. Hey, Bob, what's up? I don't think the 23rd Amendment is of any use now or if disaster should happen and Trump was reelected simply because we don't have a cabinet. We've got a revolving door. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And I, would, and I thought I would it was the 25th to see somebody come up with a list of changes in the order of succession, because I think Secretary of State is, what, third on the list? Changes yep. in the order of succession for Trump and compare it to the four year or the eight years that Barack Obama was in as some sort of indication of when we've ever had stability with this goof. Yeah, well, we've never had stability with this goof. Spot on, Bob. By the way, it's the 25th Amendment, not the 23rd, but you absolutely knew what you were talking about. The 23rd Amendment, as I recall, was the one that gave D.C. Eleanor Holmes Norton, a non-voting member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Andrew in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, Andrew, what's up? I received in the mail, well, my wife received a letter in the mail the other day. It was a survey or a questionnaire from a Republican fundraising committee in a white envelope with a yellow return postal paid envelope inside the white envelope. And it was printed on the left-hand top corner, Rush, printed on it, and in yellow and red letters. And a barcode on the letter plus a request for a donation. So I'm wondering if anybody else in Missouri are getting these type of letters and returning them back to the... uh, the committee, the fundraising committee, and when they send it back, they have a barcode on the bottom of it that they can trace where this letter came from and who this person is. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to make sure that my wife did not send that back, and she didn't. You know, one of the things to particularly look out for, I mean, if you're getting a fundraising mailing from the Republican National Committee, RNC, or the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, the RSCC, or the Republican Congressional Campaign Committee, the RCCC, those are probably legitimate. But there are literally dozens that we know about and probably hundreds that we don't of phony organizations that are fundraising. And frankly, you know, Donald Trump seems to be selling his email list to some of these because some of these super PACs, you know, I know he's very involved in at least one of them that has raised over $100 million. I think it's because he thinks he can keep the money after the election. And he can, in all probability. We're also looking into the 100 and some odd million dollars that he raised for the inaugural, more than almost three times as much as Barack Obama did. And then they didn't spend it on anything that you could see. How did they steal that money? But there's some real scam operators out there, you know, operating on behalf of or in the name of, necessarily on behalf of, you know, in the name of Donald Trump, just like this one that Steve Bannon got busted for. You know, yes, we're going to build a wall, send us money. And people sent in 25 million bucks and then they used it to buy crazy stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Andrew, thank you for the call. Douglas in Crystal City, Missouri. Hey, Douglas, what's up? The presidential debate, you know that uh, mm-hmm. Trump's going to be lying through his teeth. So why don't the Democrats just bring like maybe two people and let it leak out that they're going to be doing fact checking? And I guarantee as egotistical as he is, if he sees them guys browsing through the computer every time he says something that's wrong, it will rattle him. 
<laughs> well, I think it, what would rattle him is if the moderators have the ability to interject truth when he lies. We have never had, I mean, we've had presidents and candidates who tell kind of your classic political lies. When George Herbert Walker Bush accused Michael Dukakis of letting Willie Horton out of jail. Well, yeah, Dukakis was governor when that happened, but the program of putting death row inmates on furlough, that program was actually started by the Republican governor before Dukakis, and Dukakis had no personal knowledge of Willie Horton whatsoever. You know, it was just that program was running on autopilot into his administration. So when Bush said that, you know, it was technically true. But, you know, there was a lie underneath it. Those kind of things we're kind of used to. But the lies that Donald Trump tells are just plain old flat out, pull them out of your backside, make stuff up from scratch stuff. And I think that it's a very legitimate concern. And I am hopeful that the moderators for these, uh, you know, or that, they, that the networks can even come up with a different format so that after every back and forth between two candidates, what they both said can be fact-checked. I'd love to see Joe Biden fact-checked, too. You know, I mean, that, that will show the contrast, in my opinion. Douglas, I think you're on to something. Connie in Buffalo, New York. Hey, Connie, what's up? Hi. I just wanted to come at you. You had a caller earlier that said he doesn't see very many um, Biden signs. And uh, I just wanted to say, I think it's because Trump followers are stealing them. Because I've had mine stolen. I can't even put a sign out without them stealing your sign. Yeah, I made that comment and then I looked over on Twitter. And and by the way, somebody corrected me on Twitter. They said the whole People's Party thing is not going to be putting up a candidate in this cycle. And they're, they're, you know, all about trying to push Biden in a more progressive direction. If that's the case, then I withdraw my condemnation. I just don't know that much about it. And I need to learn more about it. But as to the signs, a whole bunch of people on Twitter were saying, I didn't put out a sign because I'm afraid of my house getting caught on, you know, somebody torching my house or, or, you know, things like that. I have a friend who, you know, got a Biden t-shirt and won't wear it because it's like, you know, I'm afraid that people will harass me or beat me up or something like that. These bully tactics that worked so well for Mussolini in the 1920s in Italy, where he had his black shirt, his volunteer goon squad go out and trash people, threaten people, beat people up. And now you've got, you know, these guys coming into Portland shooting paint guns at people. And uh, now one of them's being sued. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. I think that these bully tactics are working. And I don't think that that's a good thing for our political process or for democracy. Spot on, Connie. Thank you very much for the call. And thanks for pointing that out. Steve in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, Tom. Hadn't talked to you in a while, but I'm always listening, Tom. Always listening. Hey, real quick about the debate. You had a caller that said, uh, what is Biden going to do when Trump starts lying? And what he needs to Mm -hmm. do is just what Trump did to Hillary. He just interrupt him and just say, wrong wrong. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just play his game. Well, and, and Reagan did a variation on that to Jimmy Carter. The Jimmy Carter's debate prep book had been stolen and given to the Reagan campaign. And when somebody stole George Herbert Walker Bush's debate prep book and gave it to the Clinton campaign before anybody even opened it up and looked at it, they called the FBI and turned it over. But the Reagan campaign actually read Carter's debate prep book. So Reagan knew what Carter was going to say and where he was going to go. And so when Carter did it, Reagan just started saying, well, there he goes again, as if Carter had lied. 
when in fact he hadn't lied. You know? But there he goes again. I mean, it was probably the most famous line of the, of the 1980 debates. So I think that mm-hmm. Biden should uh, Biden should borrow that. I mean, I, I'm with you, Steve. I think that's a great suggestion. Holly in Chicopee, Mass. Hey, Holly. Well, I vote for Markey for one of the things because I went to the Green New Deal town hall meeting in Northampton and he was there just supporting it. And I liked what he had to say. And I've always been a fan of him. So I voted for him. But I also wanted to mention about a possible upcoming debate with Trump and Joe Biden. And with the Hillary debate, I don't know if, know if people remember, but Trump always um, piggybacked off of whatever Hillary said. The moderators never asked him a question first. It was always her. That's one of the debates I saw. I don't think in any of the debates he was asked questions first. It was always piggybacking off of her idea. I think this time around, if the moderators can ask him a question every once in a while first, it'll show that he's a fraud and he'll just go off on his crazy tangents. So I don't know if that can be one of the rules, but I was screaming at the TV last time. So I don't know just what you thought of that. And then him, you know, hulking over Hillary, you know, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just like, it was horrible. She should have turned around and kicked him in the nuts. I mean, it's just yeah. like, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> and I'm, I am concerned about the debates. I'm not concerned that Joe's going to do a terrible job. I'm concerned that Donald's going to pull out lies. And I think that to a large exactly. extent, the fate and future of our democracy hangs on the quality of moderation that's going to be done in this thing. Wow. It's just incredible, isn't it? You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 